to hear. It's so good to get together and worship God. And I've got to say, you guys are singing well. I love to hear people singing with me and praising God together. It's a blessing, isn't it? Amen. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I had, I had the freedom this week. We, uh, I have the freedom every week. We can always, when we have series, you know, we, we say to every one of our preachers is, we have a series and we have a theme, but if God speaks to you about something else, let's go with what God's saying. And this morning, uh, I, I had the free reign of saying, our series is finished, and I'm not starting a new series this morning. I'm saying, God, what do you want to say to us today? And uh, I'm excited about what God's put on my heart to share this morning, and uh, pray that it's a, a huge encouragement to you. It's been an encouragement to me, and uh, I pray that it's an encouragement to you this morning. Um, I, I do school chaplaincy one day a week still, and uh, I started Kids Hope uh, again this year with a, a new boy uh, in Kids Hope, and thanks to all our prayer partners and uh, for praying for us. It's a daunting thing starting Kids Hope, and this time I've started with a grade six boy, and that's a little bit more daunting. Like last time I started with a grade one kid, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, this kid's pretty young, he's moldable, he's shapeable, but grade six kids are a little bit more um, set in their ways, maybe, and uh, I, I can say this here, I won't mention any names, and I, I got a bit, the first week I was just a little bit, um, um, concern's too strong a word. <laughs> But uh, anyway, the second week I went in and, and one of my favourite things to ask people uh, anywhere is, what's been your favourite part of the week? And there's probably many people here have asked, what's been the best part of your week? I, I love to hear what people are enjoying, what people love, and, uh, and also what's been the biggest challenge in your, in your week, because I think that tells us something about each other's lives as well. Now, let's not be afraid to talk about those things. Um, but I was so blessed in, in my, my time with Kids Hope, we, we, we sit down at the start of each session and we do a diary. Um, I say it's a diary because then I can write that on my little form that we have to fill in every week so the school can see we're doing something really um, educational, like a diary. That's meaningful, isn't it? But we just draw pictures. Um, that's our diary. Anyway, he actually asked me, can I write? And I said, oh, sure, this is different. Um, and he wrote, my favourite part of the week is catching up with you. I thought, oh, wow. I thought, that's not, that's, I don't think that's saying anything about me. I just think that says something about someone spending time with a person and giving someone time and caring about a person. And I just thank God for our Kids Hope program. Um, and just this last couple of weeks, a couple of other schools have found out that we do it at Colac Primary School and not their school. And they're saying to me, Andrew, why aren't you doing this at our school? Including the school of the chaplain. Anyway. I say all that to say, every one of us has things in our life that we can be joyful for. Every one of us has things that we can be joyful and to be thankful for. Every one of us. But every one of us has things in our lives that also try and steal our joy, that try and take away that joy, that distract us from that joy. This picture, I was looking for a PowerPoint and background, and I found this one, and the picture just summed it up really well for me, I thought. I thought, oh, we went hiking a few months, uh, a month back, whenever that was, and we were up the top of these amazing mountains, and just enjoying the, the beauty of God's creation, and you see people on their phones. 
And uh, to be honest, I, I, t I turned my phone to, to flight mode because I, I wanted to be able to take photos, but I knew if my phone was searching for coverage all the time, it would go flat, and I, I kind of wanted it in case we needed to make an emergency call. I, I fully trusted Josh's leading and his guiding of our, our, our crew, but just in case, I, I wanted my phone to be charged. And uh, so it was on flight mode, and, and you know what? Um, there's times when it's nice to have your phone on flight mode, isn't it? And just know you're not interruptible. And I saw this photo as this, this lady sitting on top of the mountain. She's looking out over the beauty of God's creation. And it's not even a phone. She's got an iPad. And she's sitting there looking at her iPad. And I'm thinking, now, what could she be doing? Maybe taking photos. But to be honest, I think she's taking photos of her feet if she is. I'm thinking, maybe she's, maybe she's Skyping someone. Maybe it's her husband who's at home and got a broken leg and couldn't come. And she's saying, here you are, hubby. Here's the wonderful beauty of God's creation. Maybe. Maybe she's checking her emails. Who knows what she's doing? And I think just, just one, one message, one, one phone call, one, one, one thing can so quickly steal our joy, can't it? Just imagine you're up on top of that mountain and you get that message that says, you didn't do that job you were supposed to do before you go and your heart just goes, boom, oh no. You know that sinking feeling in your stomach and you're just like, oh no. And suddenly the joy of the moment, you're going, yes, this is a wonderful God, you're amazing. And then suddenly it's like, I hate my life. Anyone know that feeling? <laughs> Maybe not, okay, that's good. <laughs> it's so easy to be distracted to be directed and to be ruled by the distractions and the discouragements in our life. When I think about my life, I think some of the biggest downs have come right alongside the biggest highs. Maybe it's you're, you're, you're about to do something for God and then this thing steps in and discourages you or you, you do something for God but then afterwards your focus is just swung to something else. And with the great high comes the great low. I think of Elijah who does amazing things for God and then he goes out in the, the wilderness and says, God, kill me, I want to die. And so many people go through those ups and downs through life. Satan wants to steal our joy. He wants to stop us giving God the praise for the, the, the blessings he's given us, the things he does in us and through us. Satan's on a mission to distract and destroy and, and disrupt our praise of God. We were created for the praise of God, to give him glory. But let's be people who give God the praise that he deserves. Amen? Let's be people that don't let anything distract us from what he's called us to be on this earth. And we're here to be for the glory of God. The Bible says, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. He says you don't have to worry about what to say when, when you're given the opportunity. The Holy Spirit's going to lead you and guide you and tell you what to say. But if you get the chance to preach, then preach. And when I say preach, preach means publicly declare. It means teach. If you have an opportunity to preach, and I say that fully, meaning do it in love, don't... Sometimes we say preach at a person and it's like, that's a bad thing. But preaching should be a loving thing. I hope you feel loved right now. I love you. When we have the opportunity to preach, let's be bold. Let's not shrink back because of any discouragement, any, any trials, any, any stumbles we've had in our journey. 
but let's boldly declare God's faithfulness. Let's declare, let's praise God's love. Let's declare his generosity, his faithfulness, despite our weaknesses. Let's not forget that God is the all-powerful, all-knowing, always able one. Satan is a defeated foe. He's trying to take down as many people as he can on the way. That's not the other way around. God is all-powerful. He is able. He knows all things. He's able to guide you. He's able to help you. He's able to lift you back up again when you fall down. He is able. I wonder how many of us have been filled with faith for something we're going to do. Maybe we've been to a conference. Maybe we've been to church on a Sunday morning and we're filled with faith and we're saying, yes, God, I'm going to do this for you this week. And then before Monday comes, something happens and we, we stumble, we get distracted, we, we get discouraged, someone does something, we do something, and we think, oh God, I can't do it. And we shrink back, we, we, we take our foot off the accelerator, or maybe we put our foot on the brake, we, we pull back and we say, God, I can't do it. But this morning I want to speak specifically, specifically, that came out funny, to those who've had a dream, not even a dream necessarily, but a desire to be used by God. Maybe it's in a specific thing, maybe it's uh, a particular thing you feel God calling you to, but you've been discouraged along the way. You've got distracted, you've been, your joy in that thing's just been stolen and you've just eased back. You've, you've sat back and you've thought, oh, you know what, I'm just going to have a break. Maybe you've got hurt along the way. Maybe you're still hurting today. And maybe you're not sure what to do next. Today, I want to talk about discouragement. I want us to look at Paul's letter to the Philippians. In Philippians chapter 1. Whoop, sorry. Um, Paul's writing to the people of Philippi, the city of Philippi. It's a prosperous Roman colony. It's named after a Alexander the Great's father, King Philip II. These are proud Romans. There weren't many Jews living there. And that's the people that Paul writes this letter to. Paul, at this stage, has been on his three missionary journeys. He's, he's been all over the place. We were looking at together, a few of us the other day, and seeing how far Paul had travelled. And he's been through all kinds of challenges and heartache and pain. And now... He's uh, appealed to Caesar and he's been taken to Rome and he's under house arrest, basically. And that's the context that we read this letter to the people of Philippi. He says, This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the elders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. What a great prayer. Let's, let's pray for God's grace and peace for one another. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favour of God, both my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. 
God knows how much I love you and long for you with tender compassion, the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honour to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. We know it are. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. You know, Paul was a guy who knew discouragement, who knew pain and knew suffering. In 2 Corinthians 11, if we can just go back to the PowerPoint, it summarizes, Paul summarizes the whippings and the beatings, the stonings, the shipwrecks, the imprisonment. He talks about all that he endured for the sake of the gospel. And yet, the whole of his letter to the people of Philippi, it's so full of joy. Every part of the passage is talking about the joy of Christ, the joy that he wants them to have, the joy that is available to us through Jesus Christ. He's not focused on his sufferings. He's not focusing on the trials but he's saying, praise God. Pray about everything and praise God for everything. Thank God in everything. Know that God's going to carry on to completion the good work he's begun in you. 
I want to be a person like that. I want to be a person like Paul that no matter what's going on in my life, no matter what's coming against us, no matter what's happened to us or to people around us, that we would be so full of joy in God and in what Jesus has done for us that nothing would distract us, that nothing would disrupt our our joy in God, our peace in Him, no matter what's happening. I, I long to be a person like that. He says, You share with me my imprisonment, and in defending the truth. There were people against the truth. There were people that were coming against Paul and the people in Philippi that were proclaiming the truth. He knew what it was to have enemies, to have people against him day after day after day after day. Some of you know what that's like. And despite all the things he's going through, what's his prayer for the people of Philippi? He says in verse 10, 9 and 10 and 11, He prays that their love, their joy, and their understanding would overflow more and more. He doesn't say, guys, pray for me. I'm in prison. It's really hard here. I don't know what to do. He's like, guys, I'm praying for you. I want your joy to overflow. I want your understanding of his love to just grow and grow and grow. I want you to know the joy of God. He's not saying, just weep with me because I'm in prison. He says, I want your joy to be overflowing. His heart isn't turned to himself. He's not, he hasn't become selfish. He hasn't become discouraged and disheartened and saying, oh, look, I'm just in prison and I don't know what to do. He hasn't changed in his, his focus on the, on the message of the gospel. He doesn't let it get to him. He doesn't let, him, let it distract him from loving God and loving others. In verse 15, he talks about some that are preaching with wrong motives. He says they're preaching for selfish gain to make my, my, my chains more painful. But he says, I rejoice because the message is being preached. They're, they're preaching the gospel. They're doing it for the wrong reasons. But hey, I'm going to praise God because the message is getting out. People are responding even though they've got the wrong motives. And it's almost like Paul saying, you know what? It doesn't matter in, in what way God's called you to do this? It doesn't matter what dream God's given you, what desire he's put in your heart. He says in chapter 1, verse 28, he says, Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only this privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? And he doesn't answer that question, by the way, because he's basically saying, is the sun bright? Is the night dark? Is, is, is fire hot? Is there any encouragement from being in Christ? Absolutely. How could, how could we ever mistake that? There is so much encouragement from being in Christ. That's, that's not a question that needed to be answered because what greater encouragement could we have than know that God loves us, that he cares about us, that despite all things, that he is for us. We're new creations in Christ. We've been forgiven and set free from our sin. God has set us free and that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Nothing in all creation can ever separate us from the love of God. 
There is so much encouragement from being in Christ Jesus. There is no greater encouragement than being in Christ Jesus. And he goes on in verse 2. He says, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, though he was God. He did not think of of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Paul's saying, you know what, guys? It's all about the cross. We've got to come back to the cross. If you're getting discouraged, if you're getting disheartened, if you're losing the the joy of your salvation, come back to the cross. See what Jesus endured for you. See what Jesus has done for you. He said, it is finished. I've done it all. Nothing can ever separate you from God's love. Not because you've earned his forgiveness, but because he loves you and Jesus has has washed your sin away. He has taken the penalty for your sin. Come back to the cross. Anytime you feel worthless, come back to the cross. Anytime you feel like you can't do it, come back to the cross. Anytime you feel like you're not worthy to do it, come back to the cross. It's like he's saying being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus is not about being just a good person. He says evil people can do good things. Evil people do kind things. But look at Jesus. You're called to come and follow Jesus. Have the same attitude as Jesus. He gave up everything in order that others might know the love of God, in order that others might be set free. He laid down his life. He gave it up so that others might come to know the love of God, experience the love of God. If we understand what Jesus did, our lives will never be the same if we keep it at the front and centre of our lives. I think it's true we can know what Jesus did and we can be changed by it and then just drift back into our old way of thinking. But if we keep the cross, what Jesus did for us at the front and centre of our lives, we will have the joy that Paul talks about. We'll be people that no matter what happens, our joy and our peace in God will never dim. It will grow, it will grow, and it will overflow. I want to be a person like Paul. We've had so many people come up here and and share their testimony. Maybe it's when they're getting baptised, like David this morning around communion, and have declared how Jesus' death and resurrection has changed their life forever. And we've all got reasons that we could get discouraged. We've all got reasons why we could get distracted. Things that could steal our joy. And I'm not suggesting for a moment that any of them are trivial or not important. Paul encourages them to pray for one another. He thanks them for for partnering with him and and helping him in his times of need. And we need to help each other through our times of need. But God give us such revelation of his love that nothing would distract us from his love. 
God, open our eyes. God, open our hearts to understand the fullness of what he has done. And no weapon formed against us will prosper. And you know what? It's not even just for you and me. God's desire is that we would be filled with the joy of our salvation. And it's not just for you. It's so that the people around you might know that you are going to be saved. Paul says that your, your joy through your struggles, your joy through your suffering is going to be a witness to others that you are going to be saved. Let me read from verse 9 of chapter 2. It says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him, that is Jesus, the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue, every knee, that's God's plan, that's God's desire. God's plan for the people of Philippi was that they would proclaim the message about Christ, that they would have a joy in their salvation, that they couldn't contain the message, that they'd just go out and tell people about his love. And God's plan for us is that we would declare his love to this city, that every knee would bow, that every tongue would confess, every person would know that Jesus Christ is Lord that he has died for our sin, that he has taken it all, that we are free by putting our faith in him. That's God's plan. That's God's desire. That's God's heart. That's his passion. I wonder, is that our passion? I can't help but feel that sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes I get distracted. God, help us come back to his plan for us that we would know it and that we would declare it, that we would know it, that we would experience it, that we could share it, that others too might know and experience the love of God. I wonder what more can I do to help people in this city know Jesus' love for them? I wonder what more can we as a church do to help this city know God's love for them? And I want to ask, will you pray with me? This week, God, stir our hearts to show us the things that we can do to help this city know your love. I've been so stirred in this this week. I've been convicted of this this week. God, help us to do all we can to help people know the love and forgiveness that we've found in Jesus. It's God's plan for us. Let's not shrink back because of any discouragement, any disagreement or anything else. I want to praise God and thank God for what he is doing in and through us at this point in time. That what he is doing, even this week, what God's been doing. I want to give God the praise for what he is doing in people's lives in this city right now. I thank God for... It's a privilege that I get to be here through the week and see the things that are happening here at CFC. People coming in. I'm just thinking of times when I've been here and, and our, our CAP clients have come in. I think we've, our Christians Against Poverty Debt Centre and people coming in to find help with, with their debts that are just out of control. And it's crippling their life. And, they, and, and they've come in and they've talked through it and uh, I get to just be the incidental one they bump into in the passageway. And I, I pray for those incidental conversations and moments and just to hear a bit about their life and then for them to ask, why do you guys do this? Why is this free? 
Why are these people volunteering their time to help me get out of debt? And it's because of the love of God. Because we believe God loves every person. We want to love people and help people how he's helped us. And we just pray for that seed to grow. And then they start to ask about, oh, what's, what's this MOPS program? Am I allowed to go to that? And, and, and there's just all the conversations that happen around these things. God, thank you for those seeds are being planted. And I, I pray right now, Lord, for those ones that I'm thinking of. Maybe you've got others in your mind that those seeds have been planted. Lord, let it come, let it grow. We've got a, one family in Colac that have been given, been given a free uh, weekend away through CAP. Um, just to, and it's a camp that's all about blessing the family and caps open and they say that we believe the, the greatest blessing you can know is the love of God so we're going to talk to you about that too and I say that's cool we're coming it's a free camp we're coming <laughs> I thank God for Kids Hope for the witness it is not just to the kids but to the families to the, the parents to the, the teachers to others that aren't even part of that school community that think, why on earth do they get to have that? We want that. Why are those church people doing that? I thank God for the witness that it is. I thank God for your heart for people overseas that we're able to give to missions like Pastor Jacob and people in the Philippines. People in the community notice and hear about the things that are happening through your love. And it's a witness to God. I thank God for Kids Inc. and youth and young adults. On a Friday night, we have 50, 60 young people coming into this place hearing about the love of God, being told about what Jesus has done for them, most of them who've never been to church, basically. Thank you, Jesus, for those kids. Stir their hearts. Reveal it to them, Lord. For our young adults, guys, that have had so many people in their, young, in their early 20s come in that have never had any church background, but they're hearing about the joy of our young adults in God and saying, we want whatever you guys have got because we don't know a high like the high you're on. <laughs> I remember in school, people used to ask me, what drugs are you on, man? And she was just so happy. I'm like, I don't know. Life's good. And anyway, that's another story. Um, I thank God for mops, for the mums that have come in through mops and some that are even here today because they've come in through mops and dads as well and families that have come to be in church and hear about the love of God. For life groups, for, for our prayer teams, for our life changes, for Mad Hatters, for Creative Hands, Business Connect, all the things that are happening exist in this place to help people know the love of God and live in the joy of our salvation. That's why we exist to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our mission. I thank God for the people who've got hospitality gifts and, and other gifts they use in different ways to, to bless people and show the love of God to one another. I want to encourage you, use those gifts. Give God the glory. Give him the praise. Every one of us has different gifts. Every one of us has different ways we can get involved. Maybe Maybe you've thought about getting involved in some of those programs and today you want to put on your care card, sign me up, Andrew. You've sold it to me. I'm in. I'm joining the Moppets team. I'm joining the prayer team. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to do Kids Hope. Maybe there's something you can sign up for today. God, help us not only to, to share the love of God but the message about who Jesus is and what he has done. It's not just enough to show people God's love. We've got to proclaim what he's done as well. God, give every one of us boldness to speak it out, to make the message plain and clear and simple. It is so easy to lose our focus. 
it's so easy to get distracted. Sunday mornings are just one time to, to, to realign ourselves and come back to the cross and say, Jesus, you've given it all for me. Help us live for you. I encourage you, be in church. Join a life group. Find someone you can pray with through the week, every week. Meet up, read the Bible together. It's so easy to get distracted. But Jesus is the hope of all the world. And God has chosen the church to tell people about his love. There is no plan B. You are it. The church is God's plan for this city to know his love. You are his chosen people. You are his chosen ambassador. He wants you to know his love, be filled with the joy of your salvation, and then go out and tell people about him. No matter what might be happening in your life, that you would be for the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Ask the band if they just want to come, man. I want to finish by reading the last part from verse 12. He says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Uh, lost my spot. Of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life, then on the day of Christ's return, I'll be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I'll rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. You know, a few weeks ago, I talked about you are the light of the world, a city on a hill. You know, you look at the, the night sky, you look up and, you, and on a really cloudy night, you see like one star and you're like, oh, okay, I'll go inside, I'll come out another day. But you go outside on a really dark night and when there's no clouds and you're not any lights and you look up and you see the stars and you go, wow, the heavens declare the glory of God. And I think the church is the same. You look at one little light and you go, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. That's all right. But when the church shines as God intends the church to shine, every individual letting the love of God shine through them. I think it's like the, the, the stars of the sky, the heavens declare the glory of God. The church declares the glory of God when we let his love shine through each individual person for his glory. And I want to encourage you, don't step back. Step forward into what God has for you. Can we stand this morning? I just would like to pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that your love is for every single one of us, that your love is greater than we can ever know. And Lord, even this morning, maybe there's someone here that they've never heard about your love for them before. And I thank you, Jesus, that you say anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, anyone who asks you to forgive their sin, 
anyone who would surrender to you and admit our sinfulness. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That we are forgiven the moment we put our faith in you. We turn away from living for ourselves and turn to live for your glory. Your word says we are forgiven, that we are joined, we are adopted into your family the moment we put our faith in you. And God, I pray for any of us here this morning that maybe are in pain even, Lord, right now. Whether it be physical pain, emotional pain, whatever it might be, God, any discouragement. God, I just pray that you would fill us with a joy that, Lord, we would look at the cross and see what you have done for us. That, Lord, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Nothing would steal that joy away. And that, Lord, we would step forward, that we would stand up, that we would run with endurance the race that you have marked out before us, Lord. God, help us to be like Paul's in this city. And, Lord, we pray that even this week, people in this city might come to know your love. Lord, we pray that every knee would bow, every tongue would confess that, Jesus Christ, you are Lord, that you are Saviour, that you are God of all. pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we're going to finish with this song. I want to encourage you, just as Sam spoke earlier about how God would be calling us into a, just a, a deeper sense of His love, I just encourage you not to not to just think, okay, we're going to sing this song, then we're going to go have a coffee, then we're going to go and get lunch. But just to stop and think, God, Reveal your love to me again. I don't want to leave this place, God, until I, I, I have a revelation of your love. I believe if you say that, God will meet you. I will boast all I have because of Jesus. All this promise won for me. Let's sing it. Let's ask God to reveal it to us, even as we sing the words. Thanks, guys.